Welcome to New York. This is, is the Devil's Devil State, State of Mind podcast, podcast, brought to you brought by to you the Hockey, Hockey Podcast, podcast Network. Network. Now here's now your host, host, Neil Villapiano! Yes, Devils fans, for the first time in what has been a long time, we have a very special guest joining us here on this edition of the Devil's State of Mind podcast. This is somebody that I've actually had the uh, the opportunity to talk with a bunch, you know, with, with regards to involving the Devils. And obviously he writes for the Devils. And uh, it's the first time that he and I have kind of, you know, had a conversation one-on-one. It's it's really awesome. You guys can't see it, but the, uh, the memorabilia he has behind him is absolutely legendary. All those tickets, uh, you know, the poster of Scott Stevens, you, you got to love it. But uh, it is with great pleasure that we welcome on the Devils and NHL writer for Full Press NHL, Jim Barrington. Jim, welcome to the Devil's State of Mind podcast. First and foremost, how are you doing today, my friend? I'm doing good. A little sore, but I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. You guys are, you guys kill it every time. So it's just awesome uh, to be on the show. Uh, with you and uh, you know Neil, you guys do a great job as always and I know this is the first time we've uh, connected on, on your guys show but we've talked a bunch outside and I'm just ready to talk some devil's hockey with you guys absolutely and obviously with the with the way the season has been going and where we are at this point in the year uh, obviously the main focal point of of conversation is of course the trade deadline, which we are about three, three and a half weeks away from. And uh, obviously the, the biggest question mark for the Devils was, what were they going to do with the deadline? And most of the rumors that uh, you and I have been able to obtain is that the Devils are going to be much more likely to be buyers at the deadline than sellers, which is very strange considering, you know, where the Devils are. And you think, you know, but I think, and I mentioned this on the last episode, look, the Devils don't really have a lot of valuable UFAs. They have Jimmy VZ who's getting some some noise, but I think we're not gonna we're not gonna get a ton for him. And then you got PK Subban, and and nobody can really afford that contract for the rest of the year at straight up nine million dollars. So the Devils would have to eat up some of that money to uh, to take on to 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 make a trade work. So uh, I guess my first question to you, Jim, is this: you know. How likely is it that one or both of those guys will end up being moved at the deadline? If I had to put a, if I had to put a number on it, I'd probably say, I'd say one of the two guys would be moved. Probably ZZ most likely. I mean, like you said, you're probably not going to get much for him, but he's definitely a depth player and he's shown that he can play different parts of the lineup in a right system. I think he's, you know, shown this year, especially playing on that fourth line with like McLeod and Bastion, especially when Bastion came back. Those guys were clicking really well. You know, it was weird to see him higher up in the lineup. You know, it was funny before the season started when I was on another show. Somebody's like, somebody asked me about Jimmy VC. I was like, oh, yeah, probably be a PTO with the Devils or some team out there. Sure enough, the Devils bring him in and sign him. It's it's like a coincidence. But, you know, for for me, I think VC, yeah, I think you can get some value for him, especially because he's 
you know, a depth player, maybe third, fourth liner. And, and is the thing is, is penalty kills come along so well, especially mm-hmm. under rough. So I think teams look for that, especially uh, in the playoffs. We've seen what Tampa's done. We've seen what other teams have done. So a guy like that for me could definitely be on the move. I don't see anybody trading for PK Subban. I really don't. I mean, yeah. unless unless there was a way for the Devils to eat sixty percent of that contract, I don't think it's happening. You can't do it as much as you right. you would want to. Fifty percent is best they can do it, even at four point five million. I don't know how many teams in this cap strapped are yeah. going to be taking on that contract. It may be better off, you know, you just let lose them in the off season. Uh, and just let them walk because you may not get as much as you think you're going to get for him. Or you can revisit a trade for his rights in the offseason. That mm-hmm. way, at least you're getting something for him, but no team has to take on his contract at that point. I think you you nailed it right on the head. I mean, Jimmy Vesey obviously is going to be easier for somebody to obtain. He's he's making basically the veterans minimum based, you know, uh, you know when you look at his contract. And then with P.K. Subban, I mean, you know, if he was making somewhere between two, three million right now, I think it would be a lot easier for him to get sort of, you know, trade, trade rumors. But it's just, you know, we, the Devils, they ate up half of Taylor Hall's salary when they traded him to uh, Arizona. They did the same thing with uh, Wayne Simmons when they traded him. Uh, but those guys were on much less money, even for just one year, than what yeah. P.K. Subban is. So I, I, I do agree that it's most likely that he probably won't get dealt. Um, I've speculated to wonder if the devils are considering maybe bringing him back after this year, but I, I just considering what we have in the, uh, in the farm system and also potentially in a trade or free agency, I just think that there are probably better options. W- would that be a fair assessment? I definitely think there are better options. I mean, look, don't get me wrong. Now that you added Dougie Hamilton, I said this at the beginning of the year. When you have a guy like Hamilton come in and you have you added Graves as well, it slots P.K. Subban in the spot he was supposed to be in, which is a, a sixth, fifth, sixth defenseman. He could rotate in. You know, if you don't think some of your guys are ready next year, maybe you bring them back on a one-year deal that's mm-hmm. a lot cheaper for, you know, what the Devils have. And considering, you know, um, the marketplace that they're in, maybe it would be actually a good idea to maybe bring them in on a one-year deal or something. Yeah. And, you know, have him as a sixth, seventh defenseman, similar to what the Islanders should have done with Sedano Chara. But that's, you know, this is devil's show. So I'm not going to dive right. into that. But <laughs> but it, 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 it draws comparisons because you can you can do that with a veteran. You know, the thing is, I just don't know if he's worn out as welcome in that locker room and with this team and and everything, considering his antics over the last couple of seasons. So, mm. uh, I, you know, if Fitzgerald feels he's a fit and the players in the system aren't moving along as expected or are not ready to come up, then maybe you bring them back on a veterans deal or a $1 million deal because it, at where he is playing and at the stage of his career, he actually fits better on the third pair than he's, if yeah. he's eating minutes all the time. I and mean, we clearly saw that this season, even with all the injuries to defense. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's obviously, I mean, the devils have to accept at the end of the day that getting PK Subban several years ago, has not worked. I mean, Mm -hmm. he's not, he was not the same player and he's not the same player that he was when he was in Montreal. And even at at some points when he was with Nashville and uh, I mean, at the end of the day, it didn't really work out for Nashville either. I mean, yes, Mm -hmm. they were able to get enough money to uh, sign Matt Duchesne long-term and only now Matt Duchesne has started to play well. Um, But 
Yeah, it's it's one of those that sucks. I mean, PK's been one of the most active people when it comes to social media and also promotion, which has got to be beneficial to the Devils to an extent. Um, but I, I think that the, the, the most likely thing is that he'll probably be somewhere else um, next season. That would probably be my best guess. So those are the guys that are, you know, on the, you know, are UFAs that are going to be UFAs at the end of the year. So I would say from that point, there's probably not going to be a whole lot of movement, but I was checking out your, your most recent article that you wrote for, uh, for full press hockey. And you guys should go check it out at uh, www.fullpresshockey.com. And uh, Jim wrote an article was titled devil's GM Tom Fitzgerald looking to build towards the future. This is something that a lot of us have heard over the last three, four weeks, basically the last month, that Fitzgerald sounds like he's much more interested in acquiring one or two pieces at the deadline to not only help the team for the rest of this season, but to help them moving forward. He's looking for guys with term. And the the most notable guys that we have heard over the last couple of weeks is two guys that you mentioned, and that is um, Connor Garland and Brock Besser. Uh, and you mentioned that it would, it seems like it would be a better fit, or at least from a, you know, just a term standpoint for Connor Garland to be acquired over a guy like Brock Besser. I, I want you to, you know, for our listeners to kind of give us an understanding from both players, you know, why they would be and why they wouldn't be good fits if they did uh, come to New Jersey. So for me, like, like I said, in the article, you know, as you said, great plug for the article and, and, the, and the site that I write for, Full Press NHL. But, you know, you go on over the numbers and you look at both players, like Vancouver just acquired Garland and they just signed him to a very reasonable deal mm-hmm. uh, for the production that he has as a top six winger. Uh, and he's still got term left on that deal of four years. And that's something the Devils want to look for. They want to have a controllable asset going forward. Mm-hmm. And that's what Garland is. He's got four years left on his deal. Uh, great money, similar to what another player we'll be talking about shortly has in terms of his AAV, uh, right. which is about, I believe, $5 million or so. And, you know, he's a good player. And you've seen what he's done in the Canucks lineup. He's one of their better players. He's During their slump when the big guys weren't going, like Elias Pedersen, JT Miller's been great all year for that team. But it was Connor Garland driving the offense. And that's somebody that fits the age group, the production, and, and value what – yeah, Tom Fitzgerald is building for this team. Right. I'm not saying Brock Vesser is a bad addition. In fact, I think he'd be a great addition as well. The issue is you now have, when you acquire him, you now have to re-sign him because he is a arbitrated, arbitrated right RFA, similar to, yeah. oh yeah, our leading scorer, Jesper Rett. So now <laughs> you're putting yourself in another situation where you need to sign another guy to a long-term deal. Mm-hmm. Personally, I would take Garland over Besser just because you already have Garland locked in to a deal. Besser might cost you a little bit more to get. Same with Garland. I think the the piece involved would probably be Pavel Zaka going the other way um, in in both cases. Yeah, but for me, the production for both guys are great, and both guys are top six forward material and can produce, as we've seen in this league. However, for me, I just don't want to be put – I don't think the devil should be put in this situation where now you have to deal the money that you thought you were going to give to Brat for his production. You now mm-hmm. have to pay a guy like Besser when you, there's a guy like Garland available. Yeah, that's, that's a very, very good point, and it's something that uh, 
Well, what's really interesting is that it first surprised me when Connor Garland's name was first getting mentioned because, again, they had just acquired him in the offseason in that monster trade with Arizona. I believe that first-round pick ended up becoming the ninth overall pick in the draft. So mm-hmm. clearly the Canucks gave up a pretty penny to get a guy like Connor Garland. So I guess, my, I guess you know, then the next question I had was, well, why would they want to necessarily move him so quickly, I know that Jim Rutherford has spoken, you know, Jim Rutherford, the new president of the Canucks, has talked about shedding salary. I mean, you're not shedding, I guess you're shedding a decent amount of salary with the $4.95 million cap hit that uh, Connor Garland has right now. But I, mm-hmm. I feel that, you know, it makes more sense from Besser's perspective because then it just prevents, it, it just gives the Canucks an opportunity to not have to worry about that moving forward, but you nailed the one point that I wanted to bring up on the head is that is, you know, Jesper Bratt's going to be, you know, needing some new money when the year is up. And he clearly has proven that he's worth at least $5 million on his next deal, which I firmly believe the devils will give him. I don't think this is something that will be difficult. I think Bratt would want to stay here long-term. I think he sees, you know, where the devils are slowly starting to get to if, if we are led to believe that. Um, but still, I think getting a guy like Garland would be beneficial. Maybe not necessarily from Jack Hughes's perspective, because to me, I think Jack Hughes can generate his own offense and he makes players around him better. I think this is more of, we need to find somebody for Nico Heischer. We need somebody to help him out, have a nose for the goal and just try to get his game going a little bit more. Because again, he has not reached his same point total that he got in 17, 18 since this point he has he has not gotten to where we expect him to be so i think that this is um this is a point that they definitely have to um to look at now you mentioned pavel zaka to put it bluntly i think about 75 percent of devils fans would be more than happy to move zaka for literally anything at this point um yep. you know you look at it, it's his seventh season in the nhl he's been for lack of a better term very inconsistent uh, with mm-hmm. several different coaches, playing with so many different players. It's it's one of those things, and he's only, I think, 24 years of age, so he's still relatively young, and he's going to be an RFA at the end of the year. Um, my question to you, Jim, is this, because I saw this on TSN's trade bait. He is apparently the 10th most valuable trade asset on the market. Can you mm. explain at all why he has so much value for a guy that has been this inconsistent in his career? I think it's because I, I, for me personally, I think it's because he's versatile and it can play center and the wing. And we've clearly seen that that's something teams are looking for, especially if a guy could take faceoffs if one of their players gets kicked out. Let's be mm-hmm. honest, that's probably why. Now, the Devils drafted him as a center. He's just never lived up to that potential as being a center. We know this. Uh, that hence why he's on the wing and he was playing well actually at the, the beginning of this year and towards the end of last year yeah uh, I, be- I believe he was on a line earlier in the year with Dawson Mercer and Jesper Bratt I believe or no it was Johansson was on that line but regardless of the combination he was playing very well and right personally I thought that was when they probably should have pulled the trigger on something and even towards last year mm-hmm. now his production's gone down a little bit and the inconsistencies in his game are coming back and yeah. I just don't know how much value they're going to get for him. If they throw in some, you know, a piece or two along with him, they probably can get a nice return. 
But again, I think the reason why he's top 10 is he can play a wing and he can play center and teams always need center help. So maybe another team could figure out his center problems because clearly the devils see a better fit at the wing than at center. And also, I mean, it's very obvious when you look at it, like I mentioned, this is his seventh season already in the NHL. And again, I mentioned it before, look at the amount of tremendous talent that came literally right after him. I mean, and that's, it's hard when you look at guys like Miko Rantanen, Matt Barzell, to just name two in particular that uh, have had a very, very productive career in the NHL while Zaka has been very, very under, underperforming, let's say. Um, so it is interesting, but I've mentioned it before, that we're not going to get anybody significant for just Pavel Zaka. He, <laughs> Zaka will have to be in a deal with several other pieces. Um, I know that Vancouver has expressed interest in potentially a guy like Damon Severson or even Ty Smith. I think it's still too early to give up on Ty Smith, but if it means that we are able to get a top six you know, scoring winger, with also obviously some of the young prospects defensively we have coming up in the system, it may be easier for the Devils to be okay with moving on from Ty Smith. Damon Severson, kind of similar to Zaka, I feel has been somewhat inconsistent. Sometimes he's the best defenseman we have on the ice, which is not always saying a lot, but still. No. Um, but he's our best offensive defenseman other than obviously Dougie Hamilton. And, uh, you know, he's been here for a long time and has experienced many different cultures, mostly losing many different, you know, coaching staffs, players. I mean, he's been here for a very, very long time. Um, so, I mean, it'll be interesting that the most recent information that I have is that the devils are just still talking and that's about as far as it's gotten. And I don't, and I think now with some of the news that we got literally just yesterday and two days ago, it kind of makes it even more intriguing that maybe the devils don't have to necessarily deal with, um, with Vancouver. There's other teams out there now, because apparently we're hearing that the Nashville predators are hearing offers for Philip Forsberg, which we knew that was talked about at the beginning of the year, but then it kind of died off once the season started because he was playing well and, Nashville has been playing well, but now we're hearing that again, that he could be available. And another guy that completely threw me for a loop was Mark Scheifele of the Winnipeg Jets. I said to myself, damn, if only the Devils didn't have two top centers. And I still personally think it could work out because I think Scheifele could actually play well on the wing. This is just my opinion. Um, But I wanted to get your your opinions on both of those guys. And I know you didn't write it in the article or anything like that, but do you think that there's any sort of chance that the devils may call one of those teams to potentially discuss a deal with them? I mean, you never know. They could do it. I mean, will they? I don't know. I mean, I personally still think Forsberg is going to stay in Nashville, mm-hmm. but the fact of the matter is that if contract negotiations aren't moving along at the pace that they would like, and they're still far off, I mean, the thing is, it's weird that this comes out in Nashville one and, you know, Pecorine's uh, ceremony is tonight and then they're playing Ooh. a stadium series game and they're still in the first wildcard position in the Western Conference. Yeah. You would give up a scoring player like that. It, that tells me that you have no faith that you're going to make the playoffs, A, and I guess a lot of people are, are afraid to be the next Columbus B. But the thing is, is, Forsberg, I mean, yeah, he was part of that Martin E. Drag trade. I feel like he's been a lifer there, though Washington drafted him. 
he's been really good for that team. And yes, oh, yeah. they probably overpaid for Duchesne and, and Johansson. And some of that money probably deserves to go to Philip Forsberg. But it would probably be a major mistake if they traded him unless they got like some huge value in return to replace the scoring that is Philip Forsberg. Mm-hmm. As far as Mark Scheifele goes, I would be completely in shock if the Winnipeg Jets decided to trade one of their core players out of the blue despite having a bad season. Yeah, they're still in the mix in the Western Conference, but Mike, Mark Scheifele was under Dale Howardchuck's wings for years in that organization right. with Barry and then going back to when he was there before he passed away. I mean, the, Mark Scheifele is a Winnipeg Jet, and I mean, it would be a complete shock if he got traded anywhere. Um, but, you know, I know the Jets are kind of starting to f- fade out a little bit, but I wouldn't. I thought maybe more a guy would be like Andrew Kopp would be the guy that gets traded. Or well, he's like certainly guys like getting. That. He's certainly getting rumors with him. That's for sure. I mean, at Kopp certainly. Shifley was just a shock when I got the news. Yeah. They were saying, "Hey, keep an eye on Mark Shifley." That you know the Jets are taking calls on him, and I go, "They they have him long term at seven. I think it's like seven million dollars a year yeah. for the next four or five years." Now, obviously, from the Devils' perspective, that's term and a half. I mean, that's like long, yeah. long term. But seven million dollars? Do we want to? Do we want to do something similar to what we did with Nashville, where we just take a player who has a massive contract and bring him here? And again, the Devils, from the Shifley perspective, would have to give up a pretty decent amount. To acquire, I'm saying like Alexander Holtz would have to be potentially in a deal like that because of the level of play that Shifley has. I love Mark Shifley, and I would be over the moon to get a player like him. Same thing with Forsberg, but it's it's just shocking to me that these guys are on the move. Maybe the Jets just feel that it's time to drop this core. They're kind of like Calgary in a way where it's like, how much longer can this core keep it up before you know it's time to start over i mean look that you know paul maurice resigned earlier this year they have an interim head coach you know they're they're on they're they're on the border of maybe making the playoffs maybe it's time maybe that's why they're listening i don't know it's a it's a strange strange uh just strange time but another i don't want to say strange but you really caught my eye with this because my good friend jersey joe who's been on the podcast numerous oh, yeah. times he oh, texted yeah. me earlier today and said Hey, did you see Jim's new uh, article? And I go, no. What What did he say? He said, he said that Adam Henrique maybe could come back to Jersey. And I said, Adam Henrique, that's a name I haven't heard in a while. And that would be interesting. And I was reading your article and you said that according to several sources that you got, the Devils could be bringing back Adam Henrique and he has a no trade clause. So he would actually have to waive his no trade clause to come here. What can you tell us about that? So the other day, you know, like I said, I, I got, I saw some news that come out to say, Oh, devil's potentially bringing back a familiar face. And I was like, Oh, okay. Uh, so I did, did a little digging and I've come to find out that, you know, devils have, you know, reached out to Anaheim in regards to our friend, Adam Henry, who scored the big goal in 2012. And I was like, Oh, okay. That that's interesting. Cause we did trade him out to, um, for Sammy Vaughn all those years ago, and he seems to be a core piece for Anaheim right now. And what I got was, it was, oh, Anaheim's looking to shed salary. And I said, oh, okay. And then when I started to put two and two together, I realized Ricard Raquel needs a new contract. Hampus Lindholm needs a new contract. Mm-hmm. Josh Manson needs a new contract. I said, oh, okay. So that would make sense if the Devils were going to 
you know, bringing a guy like that. But for me, is is weird because the Devils are set down the middle, really. So it'd be interesting to see where Henrik would fit in this thing unless they moved guys off from their positions, i.e. like a Dawson Mercer. You bring in Henrik at that price to be his third-line center, it's kind of expensive. You have yeah. Mercer there already. Or are they going – obviously, they want to bring in, you know, guys for the future. Could they bring in a guy like Manson? Do they go after a Lindholm? You know, that was probably the guys they should have gone after all those years ago. Manson wasn't there, but, you know, Lindholm, you know, he was just coming in. You know, is that part of a package? And then maybe they switch Henry back out. Who knows? Again, it was just talk. It was something that came Mm -hmm. through. But I know it it brought my radars up and my antennas up because I'd seen all this stuff about bringing in familiar face. And I was like, okay, it makes sense. But what's going back the other way? Because if the Devils do bring in an Henry, then a, a center has to go out the other way. Yeah. Because they don't have there's no one there's no not a lot of place for them. Um and then if they do bring them in, okay, then well there's the money, some of the money that would go towards Jesper Bat as we talked to earlier. And no doubt he's going to get a nice significant raise. My perspective has been that I think he needs to do I think you should go a little shorter term on it and make him prove it again before you give him big big money. I think that's very fair. And yeah, I mean it's, you know, I, I don't remember if Adam Henry can play on the wing. I'm, I'm sure he probably could, but again, it, it would be kind of a, you know, I understand this older Devils fans like myself and obviously you as well, Jim would be like, Oh, it's kind of nice. You know, Adam Henrik is returning, but at the same time you have questions of well, where is he going to fit? And can he actually still be productive at this point in his career? He's right. been, he's been decent at times with Anaheim, but you know, I've always felt that Adam Henrique is a follower, not necessarily a leader, a guy that needs, you know, the big time player. Like he played with Ilya Kovalchuk and guys like Zach Parise when he was here um, to get him going. And that's where I look at it saying the devils are looking for more guys that can uh, help out the rest of the team and not necessarily follow the rest of the group. That's just kind of the way, but I also don't think the Devils would have to necessarily give up a whole lot if the Ducks are really just trying to shed salary. And I mean, shedding off over $5 million is a pretty nice thing if you're Anaheim, if you're trying to give out deals to, you know, Manson and Lindholm and guys that you had mentioned before. But I think it's just very, very interesting. Now, another guy that was mentioned from the Devils perspective is uh, Brandon Hagel uh, with Chicago. I said before that I think the chances of this is very slim, especially with the asking price that the Hawks think that they're going to get for a guy like Brandon Hagel. And he's only recently had success in the NHL. It's he's been here for a while. It's not like he just, you know, he's constantly been solid. And I don't know. It just, that seems like another move that I just can't see the devil's making because it doesn't really help the team in the now and in the future. No, you're bringing in inconsistencies again. This is what we're talking about. We're just talking about with other players on here. Zaka, you know, Brad had his inconsistencies before finally putting it together this year. You don't want any more of that. You need guys that could look fucking in the net. The guy that probably they should have had, and I know a lot of guys, you know, a lot of people probably been on the show, is a guy who's in, I believe, in Detroit right now, is Patrice Shooter. That was a guy I would have, I would have, like, given up stuff to go get He was right right there as a free agent. And I felt like the devil should have, gave him the money i don't know why they didn't try to get him I, he fits everything that they were looking for perfect right. you know age-wise production everything 
What they do need to get is definitely another top six score. We all agree with that. I, I just don't think Hagel's going to be the guy to do it. I, it's not going to help, as you said, Nico Kishier finds his in my opinion. Exactly. Same here. I agree. And we have that already on this team. The yeah. Devils already have all those kind of players yeah. on there. Um, they need a guy that can play in their top six, and they need a guy that could score and play with Nico Heischer, as you said. Hagel's right. not going to be the guy. I mean, I know you. I know you and I have had this conversation numerous times. There's a guy in Columbus that could do that. I don't know if the. I don't. No, let's be honest. Oh, I don't know if the devil's social that. media. You got to see it. people on social media always. Anytime Line Eight does something, somebody tweets at me and says, "Oh, look, your future devil just got himself a hat trick last night." And I'm like, "All right, I get the point." But look at the. He's going to be an RFA again at the end of the year. I guess we should just talk about it because you brought it up. I brought I mean, it up. I mean, look, I, I'm not I know, trying to I joke know the here Islanders with it. were like they called Columbus, I think, yesterday and discussed it a little bit. I don't see why the Devils can't also get involved because they did try for two years to get this guy. I'm not saying, you know, it's not like this is the first time, but it seemed like to me he's asking for more money than what um, than what Besser would be asking for. I believe. Well, yeah, because I think because he has to resign his qualifying offer, which is I think was it eight, nine, I think I believe it is. Yeah, it was eight, nine million, something like that. Yeah. So, I mean, if he re-signs at Columbus at his qualifying offer, hey, that's fine, you know, whatever. And then he goes to become a UFA the following year. I mean, look, that's just a guy I feel like, look, he's definitely found his itch this year. He's he's definitely playing a lot better. Again, it'd be the, it had to be the right coach to, to get him started again. And obviously his production's through the roof. I, again, I don't know if you would, you know, be open to it, um, you know, but the way the pieces are for the New Jersey. I mean, having a guy like that on a wing for Nico Heischer would be ideal. Um, I just don't know if you would want to play under a guy like Lindy Ruff. <laughs> that would be uh, well, my we'll talk about personal Ruff in a moment. So my personal opinion, opinion. but, um, but you know, a guy like that is definitely, you have to get there. If guys are available that can fit your top six, you have to go look, look at them. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Line is one of them. But there are other guys. I mean, you mentioned Chicago. Okay, Chicago's open for business, apparently, outside of, what, four guys? I mean, why why not say how much is Alex DeBrinkin going to cost us? Right. Why not that? Because apparently he's not even on – he's not even protected. He's not Just one of those four guys that are untradeable, to me. Yeah. which is mind-boggling. So why don't you be like, oh, okay, why don't we make a run at this guy? Right. It's a good point. It's a very good point. And, I mean, the thing with line eight that a lot of people give him crap for is that, you know, he's all offense. And my response to that is, well – this devil's team has been mostly defense and very little scoring the last like decade. So I would be very much okay with getting a guy that could score 40 goals a year. Um, if he just played offense, because we have defense and defensive forwards, we have enough of those. We don't have enough scoring wingers, but yeah, it would cause, and obviously trading within the division, I think would, I, I don't see Columbus doing that. I, I, no. I you know, if the devils were going to get him, it'd have to be either, they'd get him as an RFA in the off season, or they'd wait another year if he signs the qualifying offer and get him as a UFA. But that's a long time from now, obviously that's, that's 2023. Um, and, considering, and considering he's been a devil killer since being in Columbus. Yeah. I, I mean, it just makes sense. Well, if you want to talk about devil killers, you might as well go get Boone Jenner. Exactly. I mean, we might as well yeah. get one of those guys. <laughs> right exactly i mean those guys those guys are kill, devil killers too but i'm saying you want to get if you need somebody that's going to help drive your your make your centers better as well 
mm-hmm. like you said, yeah, he's all offense. Okay, well, let me tell you something. Let's talk, let's uh, go down memory lane, memory lane real quick. The best team that didn't win a Stanley Cup was the 2001 New Jersey Devils that went back-to-back finals. You know what they had? A lot of scoring. You know what they also had? Good defense. It can be done. Yes. You can do it. Yes. You, they had a guy named Alexander McGillney. You ever hear of him? He, McGillney, they acquired yeah. him for. They they acquired him. Guess who he played with? Scott Gomez. They were great. So if you find the right scoring winger for a center, it works out. Hoops fans, the latest offer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA, is too good to pass up. I'm talking between the legs, 360 windmill good. New customers can bet just $1 on any team and get $150 in free bets if they win. It's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still take your shot at a big payday. Everyone could play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Basketball Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN to bet just $1 on any NBA team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. 21 plus minimum age and location requirements vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for full list of requirements and state-specific responsible gaming resources. Void where prohibited. Minimum $5 deposit. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Tennessee, call or text the TN Redline 1-800-889-9789. In Connecticut, call 888-789-7777 or visit CCPG org slash chat in new york call 877-8-hope-ny or text hope-ny to 467-369 yeah i mean you're you're absolutely right i mean at the end of the day it's it's one of those things look that you know i know also there's the potential of johnny gaudreau being a free agent at the end of the year i know that calgary has talked about they want to keep him long term and I mean, look, if Calgary can make a run in the playoffs, look at how hot they are right now. I mean, they are scorching hot to say the least. They could definitely be a team that could not only make the, you know, obviously be a top seed in the West, but very well, if they can continue to play this way, be a potential Stanley Cup, you know, contender. And if they were able to somehow win the cup this year, that might make it much easier for Johnny Gaudreau to want to sign long-term if it means they could keep the majority of the core with them. Now, the other couple of things that I wanted to quickly discuss with you, Jim, is this. Um, there's also been talks about the Devils are looking to try to potentially acquire another, um, not top defenseman, but just another NHL defenseman, whether it's via trade or in the free agent market. Um, and then the other thing that I heard is that the Devils are actively looking for goaltenders long-term mm-hmm. because with mm-hmm. Mackenzie Blackwood, you know, again, we he's probably not going to come back this season. I, I, I would put long money to say he's probably not coming back. Jonathan Bernier, he's not going to fully recover from the hip surgery that he got, and he's 34 years of age, and on the last year of his deal going into next year. So clearly the Devils need to find the answer in net because Nico Dawes and Akira Schmid, Merrick's Mittens, guys like that are not ready yet to play in the National Hockey League. And John Gillies, whose wonderful mother follows me on social media, she's a wonderful person, but I have to be honest, is just not – an NHL goaltender. Um, so have you heard anything about 
the Devils looking in other places, not just from the scoring perspective, but obviously in both getting maybe another NHL defenseman or obviously looking for a goalie, whether it's via trade or something like that for the future. All right. Yeah. So I'm going to start with the second part. So the big thing is I have actually been hearing, hearing a lot about their goaltending. They want to f- figure out if Mackenzie Blackwood is the guy for the future, because if he isn't, they're definitely going hunting. This team has been, I don't want to say pouring goal. I want to say, what I want to say is this team has been put behind the eight ball because of what happened with Corey Crawford and the, deciding to retire and yeah. all that stuff. Because if Crawford has been playing, I think the Devils are in a better position, not look continuously looking for goaltender. Maybe but Blackwood is pushed a little bit more. You have a veteran guy in there. I think that's something that they need to look at is looking at a veteran NHL-ready goaltender that can push Mackenzie Blackwood to his fullest potential, as we saw before Connor Hellebuck took off in Winnipeg mm-hmm. when they decided to bring in, oh, yeah, let me bring in Steve Mace to be the number one. Oh, no, Connor Hellebuck says, no way. This is my net now. So you want something like that, but you also need a guy that's going to stay healthy as well. And, you know, Bernier is hurt. I mean, look, he was great. I thought he was a great signing because of what he did, his save percentage in Detroit. Unfortunately, you know, injuries and Devils defense and just not the yeah. same. Uh, you know, Blackwood has just been injured since the offseason and his whole shenanigans with the shot and all that stuff. You know, I, I agree. I don't know if we're going to see him the rest of the year. And God bless John Gannelis for trying. I mean, he really is trying. Like, let's be honest. He has nights where he looks really good. And then there's some nights he just does He said several games where he was probably the reason we only lost by a goal. Like, he would just right. – and he's getting the same treatment that every other goaltender the last seven, eight years has gotten where – you're just not getting consistent goal support. You're just not no. going to. You have to stand on your head. Corey Schneider can att- can attest to that for six years that he was here. Yeah. And, I mean, at the time, I mean, if you go back at it, is anybody going to tell you you wouldn't make that trade again? I mean, you probably will because you had a goalie for the future. I mean, you thought you had the goalie for the future to drive this team into the playoffs. Um, you know, do what do they do? Look, I will say – you know, and, you know, and then just thinking this sitting here, you know, another familiar face they could bring back to maybe finish out the year. If Blackwood's down is maybe go get Keith Kincaid. I mean, the yeah, guy is, yeah, uh, yeah, no, 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 please. No. And please I mean, look, please look, don't. look, nobody, look, not a single person I know wants, wants Keith Kincaid back for a multitude of different reasons. Look, I, I have a little bias because I know the guy. So, you know, my he has me blocked him, on so, Twitter. So I, I don't even want to, I don't know. I don't know, but you know, again, for what he did during the when you know Schneider was out to get him in the playoffs, look if it's the rest of the year, whatever. One but, year wonder, okay. but yeah, whatever. But Corey I would definitely be a better think option, they, in my opinion. And right. Corey's available, interestingly enough. Yeah, exactly. I think he might be he might be a good fit too. Uh, but I definitely think they need to address their goaltending. You know, I've heard you know new names thrown out the door. You know, with that look, you're not gonna get quick out of LA right now because of the way they're playing. You know, do they look at a guy? Imagine if they look. You said at a guy. Jonathan Quick. That kind of just threw me for a loop. There, I was like, "Damn, I didn't." I, yeah, I, I mean, can't see that. I can't see that. No, personally. I can't see that either. But you know, another names have been thrown out there. But he, but he's in a similar situation. Is the guy in, in Chicago right now who's getting a lot of traction is Flurry, but he's probably going to go to a contender. And why would the Devils trade for him? If the, they, had, is, if they, he already wait. Well, if, interestingly enough, Jim, I don't know if you knew this, but I got word from 
my sources in the offseason during the summer was that the Devils did call Vegas at least yeah. four or five times and said and he said well, no. Yeah, no, and they and the Golden Knights were like, look, we would absolutely make a deal with you right now, but Flurry does not want to go to New Jersey. I don't yeah. blame him necessarily because the Devils are not in a position to be where they need to be. He already waited, he already said no three times to Washington two weeks ago. And Washington yeah. has been banging on the door. Uh, could they get him in the offseason? Yes, maybe. I mean, but, you know, but that's a quick fix. But, but, but it's a quick fix. And you don't need that. You need something, you need something sustainable until your guys are ready. So right. do you go, do you go banging on Montreal's door? Oh God. Oh God, man. That's that's not a quick fix. That's a okay, Blackwood, you are forever going to be the one B to a guy right. that but, you don't even but it, know if he's going to be fully recovered from his injury. Right, exactly. So we again, don't even have to say his name. Everybody knows who we're talking about. Everybody knows who we're talking about. We and you would we're not talking be. about, you know, Montenbau, who had a great game no. yesterday. We're not talking about him. We're not talking no, about no, Jake Allen. We're no, talking we're not about, talking about the, Doug. We're talking about arguably one of the greatest goaltenders in Canadians history. And I mentioned it before in a podcast, the amount of money, just forget about performance, the amount of money that the Devils would have to pay long-term for this guy, unless Montreal ate up half of the salary, which I wouldn't necessarily be opposed to doing if that's what they were willing to do. Um, that would be pretty damn incredible. It, it's just very unlikely probably. <laughs> Yeah, no, absolutely. Very unlikely for sure. No doubt. Um, but Hey, it's, it's an option. You have to look at all your options when you're out there, uh, especially if you need to address your goaltending because the devils do need to address it. It's big time. It's, it's an issue for them. No doubt. It's a big time issue. And uh, they can't just, they, it feels like it's the same story every year. Top six score defenseman <laughs> goaltending. It's yep. the three, those are the three things they need every year. And they yeah. have to continuously address it. I, I do think they should go after defense as well. I think they need to upgrade. I think it would be, a, you know, look, when they traded for Jonas Siegenthaler last year at the dead, I was like, all right, who's this guy? And yeah, that was from? my reaction. Uh, I did not know anything about Siegenthaler when we got him. I was like, oh, okay, that's a weird move. But, right. but he's turned out to be one of their better defensemen. And I think a guy for their future, no doubt. Uh, I like the addition of Ryan Graves. I thought that was excellent. Dougie Hamilton obviously is a, you know, a great signing for sure. But now I think they need to shore it up. Is it, you know, are you satisfied with Damon Severson? Do you think you can get more for him? The, you know, obviously Toronto's been linked to him. The other teams that have been linked to him, like you Vancouver, but I don't, I, is there a better option out there over Damon Severson right now? And is his value high enough for them to get them what they want in return? Maybe two years ago, I would say his value was pretty high, but maybe not as much now. I don't know. Right. You know, if Toronto comes calling, well, who exactly are we getting for Severson? I, I right. you know, are we getting Timothy Lilligren? I mean, I, I don't even know. I mean, is that, that's not going to make the devils feel good about like, no. okay, we're progressing to where we need to be. No, I mean, that's more of just like, okay, we're just moving a guy because we feel like it's time to move on from him. And that's kind of the same thing with Severson. If you're not going to get a deal for him that you like, whether it's with Severson, it's something else for the, you know, for, to help your team in the future, then honestly, I don't even think there's a point to, 
to make a move. I don't want Fitzgerald to make a deal just for the sake of making a deal, regardless of what it might be. And, and he has stated that numerous times that he's just not going to make a deal just to make a deal. He's going to do it. What's best for his team. Yeah. It's not going to be, it's not going to be, Oh, well, it's the trade deadline. I got to move these guys because I have to, no, no, no. no. It's going to be, I'm going to do what's best for the team. Not, Absolutely. not, it's going to be, Oh, well, it's trade fest, you know? Absolutely. And look, you look, you know, you mentioned Calgary before. Do I think they're a legit contender to, to win a Stanley Cup with this team, the way it's constructed? Absolutely. Great piece adding Tyler to Foley. They'll probably add another defenseman. You know, maybe they go getting them, maybe they get Giordano back or they get somebody else back that helps with the depth on defense. But I think that's an area every team needs to address, which is defense. And, yeah. you know, as we've seen, the, the playoffs are different. And I think the Devils definitely need an upgrade, you know, of what they have now, because mm-hmm. I don't know personally if what they have in the system is ready to for the big time just yet. Yeah, 100%. And uh, I mean, I've said it before that I personally was willing to move on from the first round pick the Devils would have this year, only because of the fact this is not, as strong of a draft class as we've seen in years past. And maybe the devils could get an offer. And I said, look, it's time to start looking towards the now instead of constantly looking at the future. It's time to start getting a winning product on the ice now, because right now we, you know, people keep saying the future is bright, future is bright. And it's like, okay, well, how much longer do we have to hear that as fans before we start seeing that product actually get on the ice and start performing at the level that we expect them to be. Remember this team, was 7-3-2 and two at the beginning of the year and definitely looked like a team that was going to compete. And we talked about it, and you mentioned it in your article. Fitzgerald wanted meaningful games in March and April. Unfortunately, that's just not going to be the case this year. It's not entirely, it's not entirely the organizational's fault. I mean, you can't, you know, with, with some of the crazy crap that has happened again this year, you can't really fault it 100%, but it's, it's definitely frustrating. Now, the last thing that I want to talk to you about, uh, Jim, was simply this, and this does involve uh, the future, is Lindy Roth. This, this is, uh, you know, I think it's safe to say that there's a part of me that believes that he got dealt a bad hand coming here because of where the situation has been and uh, considering what the expectations are. I do also think that in some degrees the game may have passed him by because it seems like at times the team is not responding to what he's asking them to do. And I know that as far as anybody knows, he signed a three-year deal with the Devils. So next year would be the final year of his contract. And some people that I've talked about say are saying that there is the possibility that if this continues this bad play and maybe you finish the year you know, with a whimper, that uh, Fitzgerald would make the move to remove Lindy Ruff and look for somebody else. What are your overall thoughts of the whole situation and what you could see happening? Look, I, I was never personally a fan of them signing Lindy Ruff. I will come out and say it. I just didn't Neither think was I. his style of play. Look, everybody said, oh, Ben Sagan, look what he did in Dallas. Well, you know, Ben and Sagan are a lot better than what the Devils have on our roster right now. And that Dallas team he took over was a lot better than this team. Okay. And what was that? Five years ago, he was with Dallas. Yeah, five, six years ago. So it was a different game too. Um, look, Everybody knows probably who they wanted to get at the time. Uh, They probably are still looking at him. I wouldn't doubt if they make a phone call to see if, you know, they could get the big white whale out of Sweden uh, to come over to the United States (laughs) and play. Um, 
But look, but if that's not an option, well, where do you look? You always look inside your organization. Do you yeah. promote Kevin Deneen to the head coaching? Personally, mm-hmm. I wouldn't I wouldn't do it. Just give that Utica team, give them a foundation, give them you. years, give them years to build together. Oh, yeah. Put, let him be there a while. And then if you feel he's ready, then bring him up. Similar to what we saw with Mike Sullivan in Pittsburgh, John Cooper in Tampa. You want to take that model. You want to have those guys in your system ready to take the next mm-hmm. step because the Sullivans and the Coopers have been there for a while now. Mm. And they and the system just carries through. Every, they, you know, that was the one thing I heard when Fitzgerald took over and, and through the offseason. We want everybody to be playing the same way. Well, the only way you do that is you have – one coach doing thing and the same coach doing so on and so forth. And we see what Utica is doing with the guys that they're developing. Obviously Holtz is having a monster year down there. Good for his development. Look, maybe it wasn't the right time for when he got called up situations. Maybe he wasn't a confident player, whatever it is. He even feels he's taking the next step under Kevin, Deneen, which is great. Hey, heck if he needs another year, Hey, more power to him. If he wants right. to stay down there and, and develop his game a little bit more, because you know what? I'd rather have him, overproduced and underproduced when he comes up because that's, you know, you see what, what guys have done. Like I always bring up Tampa, Detroit, those teams, they Mm -hmm. did it a certain way. Pittsburgh did it a certain way. It wins. Um, I think they would have to look outside the organization. Where do you look? Do you retread? Uh, Do you, maybe you, dare I say, you try to reach out to the past and bring guys back Um, that got it, that got off of, you know, that didn't get a fair share with the team. Um, you know, I'm talking, I don't know if they would ever reconcile personally. I think they do need to bring a guy like Scott Stevens or Adam Oates back mm. to this team. You have Zajac there. You have Elias. Heck, I would, you know what? I, this is funny. He works for MSG, but maybe you bring him in as a consultant, defensive assistant coach, Bryce yep. Salvador. Yep. He would be a great fit for this team. Yep. I personally believe that I think that would be, you know, I know he doesn't have the coaching experience, but he coaches youth teams. We're seeing yep. what's done in Montreal. Why not give Bryce a look? I think that's a very good point. Um, you know, I, I mentioned before some of my personal, you know, options. I think, I think Paul Maurice is an interesting one only because we just don't know what's going to happen in the off season. He wanted to take the rest of the year off. Um, he didn't speak about would he want to still coach moving forward. He's not that old. I think he's only like 53. So he's not, I mean, he has a ton of NHL experience and a lot of success. And I think a lot of Devils fans would be excited to bring him in. But the only question that would be is this. Well, there would be two. One, would he want to come here, considering what he's done in Winnipeg and also what he did in Carolina? And two, would his system be the right system to implement here in New Jersey? I argue to say yes, considering what happened with Winnipeg and their offense with guys like Line, Shifley, Blake Wheeler, Cop. Uh, Nikolai Ehlers, Kyle Connor. I mean, they developed a lot of very, very talented scoring forwards. And I, and you know, it, it's possible, but I think you brought up a very good point, Jim, about how, you know, both parts of the organization need to be on the same page, both in the NHL and the minor leagues, as well as about a, the style of play, you know, that everybody needs to play that's going to work and it's going to win. And you're seeing two very different systems being implemented in Utica. And then you look at the Devils and it just, it, it's not it, whatever the devils have done the last several years. It's just not working. And it feels yeah. very prehistoric in a way because they're not being the ultra aggressive team that they should be. 
At times it looks like they forget how to play hockey with the way that they lose games and, you know, pass the puck way more than they should and things like that. And I, and I feel that we need to get a coach in here that is going to have a system that is more up to date with the way the NHL game is. And also we need a leader. I think we have, you know, do I think that Nico Heischer is too young to be the captain? Not a hundred percent, but we need a vocal leader. And I feel that I personally feel at times that Lindy Ruff, I, I think that the players have somewhat tuned him out with the way that they've just been playing. I, I, te- I tend to agree with that a hundred percent. I mean, this look during the COVID when he wasn't there, I mean, they were playing a little bit better under Elaine Nazarene. That's not it's saying much. Several times, I might but add. But it's, it's happened, happened several times. I mean, I'm not the only one that notices it. But I, I, I still believe... don't think Nazardine is the is the right no, coach. No, term. neither do no. I. But but I mean, you just see they reacted differently to a different voice. Um, this, to me, at times, and you listen to his press conference, Lindy Ruff does not want to be here anymore. No, it's it just his expressions <laughs> and what he says. His looks. I, I mean, think he's burned out, to be quite I honest. I really, I think he's burned out too, and I think yeah. he's maybe frustrated, you know, with the injuries and everything. Look, was he dealt a bad hand? Yeah, the last two years have not gone exactly as planned. You know, COVID twice, the team yeah. getting, to, you know, it, it, that stuff happens. But other, the, uh, the entire league's going through it, so you have to figure out a way to overcome it and put a good product on the ice. Because to be honest, let's. Let's face facts here. It's hard to watch at times. Devil's games are hard to watch at times. Oh, um, God. And so many live to... watch logs of Devil's games. It's so goddamn it's hard. It's so to, hard. It's to so watch hard to game. watch. I'm, I'm worried to watch tonight. Yeah, it's great. They're back. They're playing tonight. You know, we're recording this on the 24th of uh, February. The Devils are back in action after over a week. But, uh, I mean, it's just... There, there are times, Jim, where it feels like this team can't get any lower, and then they find new ways. Yeah, oh yeah, to go lower. I, I, I mean, I thought I, I thought they hit rock bottom when they lost to Arizona. Nope, they found even way lower spots. I, I thought rock bottom was when they lost four in a row to the Rangers last year. That's when I thought rock bottom. No. I was like, that can't be any worse. You can't embarrass yourself any worse. And it was like, nope, they found more and more ways and. I think you, Jim, you point out something that I didn't even realize about Lindy Ruff does look very much defeated in his press, in his post game right? press conferences. He looks defeated. He looks like he's kind of thrown his hands up and said, I don't know what to do anymore. And I think that from just talking and I've talked uh, with, with a good source of mine, NRD rumors, really, really good on Twitter. Yo, good he, dude. Good dude. dude he nail, I don't know how, like he just nails things on the head. I've asked him several times straight up, like, is there anything with regards to the Devils and coaching? And he said, I, I can't see Lindy Ruff going forward after this year, considering no, I. everything. I can't see it because, and he said, and it sounds like to me, the only reason the Devils are not making a move right now is because they don't see a point to it. It's not going to fix anything this year. You might as well just play it out, you know, and, you know, go in, end the season that way. And then, move forward. I mean, Lindy Ruff said just today that the team had a players only meeting talking about what they needed to do to finish the season, you know, and that's, and it's I mean, how many, how many times though that they've had player only meetings this year to fix what was going on. I feel like this is the and, third or fourth time they've done it. And it was frustrating to me when, when Fitzgerald said, right. 
after the All-Star break or it was something along those lines, he said something like, oh, the answer to the devil's problem is in the locker room. And my reaction right. was, this feels like when, the when uh, you know, with the Yankees last year where, uh, you know, what was it? Steinbrenner said the problem with the Yankees is not the manager, it's the players in the locker room. And I was like, well, that's completely ridiculous to say because that's not true at all. And you could see it. And you could see that with Lindy Ruff. I, I just... And you know what makes it worse? Watching what John Hines is doing in Nashville. I think that's what makes it worse. Because I think it, I agree. But I I will say this. John Hines is not that good of a coach. No. Okay? He's not. And they won't get far in the playoffs if they do make the playoffs. And I Well, look, they're skidding right now. I mean, look, they're they're, they're not playing well right now. This is what happens when John Hines starts implementing his BS into a team. They start to forget how to play hockey. So it's just... It's frustrating to see it, yeah. because other guys around the league are a team. Like you look, you go across the ro- you go across the river, right? Look, right you don't want to admit right across the river. You don't want to you don't want to um, don't want to try to make comparisons because they're on two different playing fields. But if you take the trajectory, the Devils should be moving up a lot better than what they are. The Rangers yep. have taken the next step. To where after they had that letter with Gordon, the rebuild and all that, hey, we're gonna move out some familiar faces, some fan favorites, and it's gonna be a change. Oh yeah, it helps to sign our Tammy Panarin, but and and get good draft picks, and I think that's what the Devils need. But they also had a direction that they had from the top, and I think that's something else the Devils need as well. I think Fitzgerald's doing the best job as he can. I wrote something on Full Press NHL as well, say questioning. I, I believe I t- entitled it. Is the answer really in the room? That's one of the, that's something I wrote. And I don't think it is. I think the answer comes from ownership and the direction of this team because yeah. they have not had it in a long, long time. There mm. is not one voice. There's not one owner. They're looking out for their interests and not the hockey team. Of course. And if that's the case, then go find new ownership that wants to invest in the hockey product. And that's the tough thing because at the end of the day, you can't fire the owner. I mean, no. that's that's the that's the that's the crappy position. And I've mentioned it before. Look at the amount of teams that the ownership of this team owns throughout sports. You know, they own the Devils, they own the 76ers, they own a major league baseball team now. They tried to buy the Mets, they own several professional soccer teams. I mean, clearly they're much more interested in building their brand than they are building a successful, a successful product. And I mean, look, most of their money. If you want to talk about from a team perspective, most of their money is being put into the 76ers. And I think that's pretty obvious. Uh, The Devils are just, it's very difficult because there's a lot of fans that I know that haven't gone to a game in a long time because they are very frustrated with how, with how easy this team is when it comes to embarrassing themselves on a nightly basis. I have not seen the Devils win in person since late 2019. I mean, that's about as long as it's been since I've seen them win in person. I went to like four or five games this year and they got blown out every single time. And it's well, at least so at obvious. least I at least I got to see the Devils beat Seattle. Well, that's that's when we really thought we had something going. Well, and that well, was the game Jack got hurt too. Right. That was the game Jack screwed up his shoulder. And that little did we know that was the beginning of the end of any good no, they were we, playing pretty good without i know but long term when you think about it no. that was the first domino that fell yeah. that started this whole thing but uh we've actually gone a lot longer than i thought but that's okay that happens on this hey. pod this happens hey, all the time it's like you ain't the only you you know it, it, you know i go we go on and on talking about our team and 
again, we have nothing else to really talk about, do we? I mean, we can't talk mm-hmm. about the team themselves because they stink. They, they, they stink. Exactly. They stink. And do I think they're going to beat Pittsburgh tonight? Probably not, but you never know. Do I th- but, but do you think I, do you think they're going to keep it competitive for a while? Yes, probably. Don't, you know, I, I've said it before. The devil's motto this year has been good first period, awful second period. And then I guess a decent third period. If it's close. If it's if already it's a close. blowout by the time you hit the third, it's not going to get any better. No, because their second periods are horrible. Statistically wise, their second they're periods the, stink. And they are the worst second period team I think I saw in the NHL. Like, like they, they are the worst. It's, it's Bad. crazy. It's crazy. When, and it's I, I, I made a comparison on my Twitter. Uh, it was funny because everybody knows how much of a big wrestling fan I am. So mm-hmm. I said, so I, I put on, I said, I made a poll. I said, which worse, what's harder to watch WWE raw or devil's hockey. <laughs> yeah. That's uh, that, that that's it was a toss up. It was, it was about 50, 50, it was about 50, 50. Yeah. And I remember um, I was just listening to the la- latest episode of uh speak of the devils, which is the official devils podcast. And they had Jack Hughes on and you can hear it in his voice. He was saying it sucks to not be in the mix. It really sucks. And for him, he's gotten used to it. Look at Nico. Look at Zaka. Look at Brett. Look at Severson. These guys have gotten well, Severson, used to. Yeah, but yeah, with Severson, though, he came out and said he's tired of losing. He wants to win. He said that last year. He said, we've given up on games, given up on seasons. And my argument is, like, what's any different this year? It does, right, exactly. Like, I know these guys are not actually giving up. But it just feels like sometimes watching these games that they give up. Like, when the going gets tough, they just completely – they say, all right, we're not winning this game. It's over. It's like, well, and it's like, can we have some pride here, ladies and gentlemen? Exactly. To me, I think you need to have pride. Look what's going on in Montreal with the coaching change there. This team is playing a lot better, more competitive. Look, I understand that they come out and say, oh, yeah, you just want to have Lindy to the end of the year. But you also want to build towards next year as well. And if you have guys complacent and saying, hey, you know what? we can, It's okay to lose this and that. That's the problem in Buffalo. It's a lot of places now that just settle for losing. But if you can get – you know, look what, what Calgary did. Yeah, they made the coaching change. Yeah, they fell, they just fell short last year. But then Dallas had a whole summer to implement a system with the guys that he needed. And look yep. what's happening with Calgary right now. I'm not saying it's the answer is to do it right now, fire the guy. Right. But I am saying that it's not a bad idea to consider making a coaching change if you have the right guy in mind to be the next coach. So that way he has a little bit more time yeah. to look at players. And, you know, to kind of, to kind of wrap, this, wrap this up, I don't want to alarm anybody, but the Devils are currently only three points ahead of Seattle um, in the standings. They are eight points in front of Montreal, and they're nine points in front of Arizona. Um, and we still have 32 games to go in the season. So do I think it's going to get better before it gets worse? Uh, or do I think it's going to get worse before it gets better? Yep. All I'm going to say is buckle up, folks, because this is not going to get any better. And you considering that the Devils play back-to-back and then they have like a day or two off and then they play another back-to-back, it's going to be tough. And we still have a lot of games within the division and we have a lot of games against, you know, good opponents who are competing for playoff spots that the Devils are going to be facing. And uh, I'm not saying the Devils are going to finish in dead last in the NHL, but they're pushing it. They are... They are pushing it. 29th overall. Buffalo is ahead of them. Philadelphia, who's had not one but two, two 10-game losing streaks this season alone, has more points than the Devils. Um, Ottawa, yeah, it's it's not good. It's not good right now. And no. so we'll, we'll see. But, Jim, 
before I let you go, my friend, first and foremost, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to, of to talk with us. We appreciate it. Let the folks at home where, uh, know where they can find you on social media and also on, you know, and anything else that you do and any projects you got coming up. So the floor is yours. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Jim Berenger. It's my name. Uh, if we, if I drop it on a podcast someplace, so we'll put it up. Uh, you can find me Full Press NHL. I do the weekly hockey show with the guys on Tuesday nights. I have my own show on Saturday on Mad Radio Network, The Final Word on Hockey. Check that out as well. It's fun. Three guys just talking about the state of the NHL. Uh, so it's always fun. We sometimes have some special guests on. I'll do some specials during the week as well. You can find me there at JerseyJim33 on Instagram. Uh, you can find me there. And, you know, just reach out to me via, the, you know, Twitter. If you guys got any questions, you know, the, the base has been growing. So appreciate it. And as I always say to everybody on any hit I am, am on, remember, folks, there's a reason why we have independent writers out there, freelancers, guys like State of Devil's Mind, because Devils don't have true beat writers for papers anymore. So you want to come to the little guy. Yeah. Yeah, it's, that's, 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 that's I'm one thing I forgot that we that. didn't talk about. We, we did not talk about the fact that we have absolutely no independent, other than obviously, the you know, right. you and myself, but we don't have official independent writers um, here in New Jersey. And that is, that's pretty hard to, that's pretty hard to deal with. But, um, but you know what, that's where you and I come in, we give the voice, you know, people in on things, some scoops that the team, you know, this is why everybody always complains about, hey, how come you, how come certain people, how come the team doesn't release this stuff beforehand? Is that because the little guys like us were always there? We keep chugging. People are wondering the how news. the hell we knew about Dougie Hamilton and Nico before anyone else, before because, anyone else announced it. Because this is what we do. We provide the coverage for you that you don't get. Uh, yeah. But like I said, I just want to end it on that. Just let, let you know the little guys out there looking for you guys, Devils fans. So we were there for you no matter what always will be there. Absolutely, man. Well, Jim, thank you so much for hanging out with us tonight. We appreciate it. Um, obviously, it's, uh, you know, we'll, we'll continue to talk. We'll definitely have you back on the podcast maybe later on Absolutely. in the year. You know, we'll talk definitely. about the offseason and things like that, and we'll go from there. But, Jim, thank you so much, man. We appreciate it. Hey, you know, thanks for having me. Always a pleasure to be on the show. Keep doing your thing, man. It's awesome. Thank you. It's best. And thank you again for having me on. Great to talk Devil's Hockey.